Are you used to having super famous people like me in here? Because I'm kind of a big deal. You know, I just want to make sure we're all clear. We're not, we're not <laughs> kind of Everybody, that was Jeff McGuire. Uh, <laughs> that's actually the best intro we've had yet. Oh, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. So, uh, everybody, welcome to the 10,000 Minute Experiment podcast. We've got Chris Cleveland. Yo. We've got Amoy Donis. Yes, it's me. And we've got, and I'm, my name's Tim Timmons. <laughs> we've so. got my name. <laughs> we've got the hottest guy here. Um, and then next to the hottest guy here is one of literally one of my favorite humans on the entire planet. His wow. name is Steve Johnson. <laughs> uh, oh, whoops. Jeff McGuire. Yeah, I go by Jeff. Hey, everybody. Good to be with you. <laughs> um, Steve Johnson actually is a name. I don't know where Steve Johnson came from. I made it up. I think I was in college. I made it up. And I made it in your original... I think in two or three of your albums, I'm, my I'm in the liner thanks. notes as special thanks to Steve Johnson, which yeah. nobody... It's it's the stupidest joke because yeah. <laughs> I'm anonymous either way, but somehow or another <laughs> nobody knows who I am. But I yeah, yeah I'm I'm somehow credited with something special. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Jeff and I have been BFFs really since seventh grade. You we were trying to do the math. It's like thirty some years. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. how old we are. We're thirty some years. Yeah. We so yeah. I was really smart. I was. I'm thirty five yes. now, and so yes. I was three years old. I was in seventh mm. grade, and so that's Savant. magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about so many of the dumb things we've done. Over the years, there's there's a handful. <laughs> so if there's any dirt you have on me, I'm sure you could throw it into this thing. It'd be great, and I'll just edit it right out. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure your listeners are well so, aware, Tim. You know, Jeff and I used to do this bit where we'd Which give one? each other words. Well, I was really the supplier of the words for the most part. <laughs> I don't know. I think we did it, it went both know. ways. Okay. Well, explain. We, the bit. We'd be in a conversation with somebody, and he would just say dolphin. And I'd have to put the word dolphin or hair clip or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. and then it got inappropriate at some points. <laughs> only uh, not for hair my clips words. are fairly inappropriate. Yeah. It's, not yeah. a, it's not a big leap from hair clips to inappropriate for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever on you guys, it's pretty good. But Tim was you, you were the master of this. It was so fun. Nobody felt offended when you did. I felt like when I was doing it, I was like, these people might punch me, you know. Like, but Tim could work anything into a conversation. People thought he was a hero, and I would do it, and I'm like, this is backfiring back. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> What's our safe? Like, How do we get out of this? It out. Yeah. Have you done this on stage? Because I've I've done it a few times Ooh. with the guys on stage. Well, I guess in messages we've kind of put sure. that up to announcements. You yeah, got to say go. like pregnant or something in announcements. But the problem is Jeff said pregnant that one time to a woman. He, I said pregnant. He's like, are you pregnant? Oh. It was like that's when he got no. hit. That was no, that's not true. Uh. But that would that would be an example. That's 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 like typical of what could have been yeah. exact, you know, that would have happened for sure, but but it didn't, as far as we know, yeah. as far as we know. <laughs> so, if any of you guys were offended or have been offended by Jeff, if McGuire you're pregnant right now, Johnson, yeah. Yeah. Pregnant. Uh, I apologize, I'm so sorry. Okay, so hopefully, you can already tell that you're gonna love this 10,000 minute experiment episode with Jeff McGuire. He is truly one of my favorite humans of all time, so there's some brilliant stuff in this, so get ready. Hey, if you want to join our 10,000-minute text thread, you can text 10K, 10K to 55678, and you'll start getting some of our weekly encouragements. Would you please rate this and subscribe to this podcast? And would you leave some even kind comments? That would be awesome. And lastly, if you want to support what we're doing because it's been encouraging to you, would you please do that? Because this stuff takes a whole bunch of time and effort and money. So if this has been helpful for you, please go to 10,000minutes.com and go to the donate section up on the upper right-hand side, and please give one time, monthly thanks you guys so much here we go uh so jeff we've done many many uh, bits of life yeah together from raising children to getting married at the same time yeah and our wives are our best buds too yeah. they're hanging out now 
So, yeah. which so, is that was a that was cool. I mean, when we were dating, when our, we were dating, when we were dating, <laughs> yeah. When when uh, Amanda and I were dating, and Tim and Hillary were dating. I mean, it was like there was a little like we we Tim and I knew we were buddies, but then it was like to watch our wives be friends was yeah kind of cool. So real good gift. So Jeff's out in the Orange County, California. Ooh, Jeff is a pastored out there. <laughs> Pastor. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Both are true. Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get words confused sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you do that. I mean, you've been doing that for how long? Well, I mean, I was. I mean, I started out as a youth person. I was an intern in a church. I never, and I never wanted to be a senior pastor. I never thought this is what I want to do. I thought those people were crazy. I just, and I kept never wanting to do what I was doing until I feel like I realized finally I was kind of wrestling with God enough to be like, I think, I think I actually ought to come to grips with the fact that I keep saying yes to this for a reason. So, so now um, I've been leading a, a church community uh, since. The 2013 as the in, as the senior guy and always wondering when someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and be like I'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> huge mistake we, yeah. we you're a really great guy and you know you, I mean that's really cool but I just want to let you know this has been a the search know, committee finally came yeah, to we, a decision yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's it. not you uh huh yeah. exactly I, oh, and I would be like oh, you're right I'm so sorry I, I didn't whatever I screwed up I'm so sorry so now we're now we're trying to figure out how to how to do that and do that well and in a changing sort of church landscape and. World, so there you well, go. Jeff is one of the greatest pastors and the minds and thinkers that I know. I truly, I mean, it's nice. I've got a lot of friends who are pastors, but to have you on here is I'm, I'm intentional about that because you think through everything really well. Well, thank you. Um, we'll see. Jeff if that's is true. funnier than crap. Here's the thing: is crap has a new, it's an it's a new thing. It's like all the kids are saying it: funnier than crap. It's <laughs> yeah, better yeah. than crap. And that's coming. We're rethinking crap later. Yeah, that's in the series. Yeah, series eight. <laughs> Sweeping the nation. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> Good morning, Lord. <laughs> I was going to do a, a Beach Boys song, sponsors. but then I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to keep this bit going, too. Well, yeah, Jeff remembers when that song happened. Yeah. So it was the really, Beach Boys? That was really when I decided that God has called me to be a senior pastor of church. It was that song. What he's referring to, everybody, and we will talk about it later, but uh, remember when I, we talked with Bart and we shared that I shared that song that I'd written with the pastor that said he had written the lyrics and he it was a poem mm. and so Jeff was in those days and so I just revealed that to you Jeff yeah I did not know I thought that was a, that was a wonderful collaboration co yeah, yeah co-writing yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, between so everybody two. Chris or one of you who's listening actually oh yeah what they do reached out found the album on Amazon. Sent us the link, and I now have in my possession maybe the last copy yeah. of Good Morning Lord <laughs> known on the planet. Yeah. So we're going to have to bring that on the so podcast. Chris keeps point. sending me pictures. He and his wife keep sending me pictures of this record. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's a threat right now. And if your aunt or great uncle or something wrote the lyrics, please don't sue you. Probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's probably right. also something yeah. you're interested oh in kind gosh. of getting out there. Too true. <laughs> well, speaking of lyrics, uh, we are talking about church today. <laughs> Every time you nice get me, segue. I'm like, how is he going to do this? He nice. He doesn't, guys. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that good, but it felt good. Um, so the practice this past week has been being the church. That has been the practice. So the question we have, and we're just trying to figure out, because we talk about church. You're a pastor. Yeah. Pastored. Yeah. At, a, <laughs> uh, at a church community, but it's yep. also a 501c3. Yeah. So... How do we, you know, everybody always talk about doing church or going to church. That's always been the conversation. Or every time we say church, it's generally about a thing or a place yeah. or a thing we do. What is church? Do you oh. have thoughts? I mean, now that you're running a community. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and I've, you've already said church community. And I, I say the same thing. I, just so it's not. Yeah. I think I use that hyphenated phrase a lot. Maybe more than I even realize. Hmm. 
I think, first of all, our church is the way I build my brand, and that's what I use it for. Next question. No, no, I'm just kidding. So I, first of all, I, I was thinking, what are, the, what are the different kind of versions of church? You have, first of all, the word, you know, ecclesia. It's just a word that means assembly. So it wasn't like Jesus invented the word church. It was like, I have a name for our little gathering. We're going to call it the ecclesia. And nobody, that wasn't a new word. So, you know, you could have a political group or a, something that could be just called the ecclesia, which would just be the, the sort of called out group of people. Right, because that was outside. That wasn't just a religious. Thing. Right, it was. So, yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So it's not. It's not like there, there was. A, and I was surprised by. It. I thought like you know you could just imagine in my in my brain I was like, she just got everybody together and was like, we're gonna call this thing. Get ready, Church. brace yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Cool thing. It's gonna be a handle. People are gonna be talking about it for years. This third party <laughs> marketing <laughs> yeah. consultant, yeah. and uh, we're so uh-huh. excited. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so that good. was the just to kind of get my head around that idea, and I tend to think about what does it mean to be an assembly of people. So, you know, and the Bible addresses different assemblies of people, different churches in different places. So there's that part of it. There's also the idea of the church being the incarnational, I know that's a, that's a very churchy word, but the, the, literally the body of Christ. So mm-hmm. how is the body of Christ inhabiting in flesh the world? Well, it's through his body, the church. And then you have the, the idea of the, the place wherever the followers of Jesus are, where the, you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in people collectively and individually is the church. And then I was thinking about the other part of it. So there's like five, I don't know how many, five yeah. different definitions. But then you also have the idea of what we think of as the institution of the church. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in the most, um, it, that's a pretty negative term. Yeah. But I, yeah, mean, yeah. but I mean that in the least negative way to think yeah. about, you know, there's the institution being the, the bricks and mortar, the programs, the things that, you know, the place where we, you know, our, our kids go, the youth ministry, the, the actual program of things that are happening, that the church, you know, this is where the men's, Bible study meets or yeah. the whatever gatherings happening and it's where we you know you turn the lights on and hopefully the AC works and all that kind of stuff that's all of the institute and that's part of it I don't mean the big grand capital I institution you know sort of complex of whatever church is that's a whole other thing but then then I think about the organic kind of components of church that are there's the gathering of these people while not being a part of some program that's initiated by the church and the best part of the institution together we're all going to go you know meet with this person who's hurting or we're gonna we're gonna come alongside a person or we're gonna encourage this person or we're gonna pray for these people or whatever else it might be we're gonna take action that's not because the church designed a program for this so to speak but that that's the organic kind of component of the church community that's just sort of outflow. And I, and I think within reason, I think people have said over the past 50 years, looking back at the past 50 years, particularly in American church, like the institution has overshadowed the organic stuff in the right. church. In a lot of ways, like all bureaucracies, you know, the they start to serve the institution more than to serve the goals of the thing yeah. that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like, when I was working in a church, I was like, I was just so ticked off all the time. Like, I can't believe this is what you're... And then to, now to be leading it, I'm right. like, oh, uh, okay, I, I get... I understand. I have a little bit more compassion for some of what I thought was just institutional bureaucracy. And yeah. some I'm like, well, I, I can only blame myself now if I repeat it, if I don't like yeah. it, you know, yeah, which, right. is, which is also part of that as well. So, so what's the church's role in the 10,000 minutes? We step back, we get kind of go 50,000 foot view of church. I mean, I think all of us have grown up Mm-hmm. in the thing mm-hmm. and I think there's a bunch of people who are going I don't know if I can just do the thing anymore right yeah. but we don't want to throw the baby out with a bath right so what's it look like to actually be the church what's it look like to be gathered and scattered as the church like tangibly what's that look like well I mean I think the idea of um, this sort of organic outpouring of love and community for the community of people and through the community of people to the world is I think what you're asking so I'll try to put it this way and you know you and I've talked about this but it's like let's just say for instance let's take a weekend experience yeah almost everything as a teacher and a leader that I've kind of thought through has been 
thinking through the individual experience with people in Jesus. So it's like individual, we're all together and that's good, but we're all kind of like looking at each other, like we're all running the same race, but we're all, we're all running for our own time. You uh -huh, know, we're not, uh -huh. you know, we're not, so like, we're all trying to finish the race, the, you know, at our, the, our best, but it's going to be us individually with Jesus. And I think I've actually been over for however long I've been in ministry, been trying to figure out how to help an individual person and their relationship with Jesus. And, and not so, and obviously there's things like forgiveness yes. and there's all that other stuff yeah. that is. There's a beauty to that. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff that works with that and people being able to be through themselves to each other. We just finished a series, you know, we called it Dear Church, Love Jesus. It was just the seven churches in Revelation. And I think one of the things I realized is those are all written to groups of people. They're written to whole assemblies mm -hmm. of people. So how does an individual person see themselves as part of a community of believers for the sake of the world? Even mm -hmm. in this past year, thinking through, you can look at lots of different churches, is this a church that predominantly sees themselves as a church that's positioned against the world? And they would reasonably have scripture to back that up. I mean, there's the, mm -hmm. you know, do not love the world or anything. And I mean, all that kind of stuff. And then you could have that understanding, like, you know, we got to survive the world and the world is out to get us. And we got to figure out how to yeah. not get our kids infected by it and that kind of stuff. And then you also have churches that go, I think that we're here for the sake of the world. Mm-hmm. And you could characterize that as sort of like Jesus, you know, his own prayer for his disciples. Like, you know, not that God would take you out of the world, but, you know. Yeah, therefore go into the world. Yeah, yeah. Go, I mean, all that. Stuff. So you can kind of see where I land on that sort of stuff. It's like, how do I help an individualized culture, especially in a political season where so much of the politics, which politics is the business of enemy making. I mean, so it's like, how do people and enemies usually come out of fear? So it's like, we have so much of the past year, which is like the other person, whoever the other is, you should fear them. Mm -hmm. And they're probably a threat to you and your children. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you should know that and then you should react accordingly. Mm. And trying to help a church community that has a whole bunch of different, right. that is not a totally lined up politically. How do they think about themselves as being a church community that is here in our particular location, in our neighborhood communities, for the sake of the community that we're in. Yeah. Because I, I think there's so much of what we understand and know, we've taken in as like, well, this is me individual, but it's like, no, 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 let's, let's really think about us for the community, for the mm -hmm. world. Um, and that makes for us a messy, tr messier churches, for sure. I mean, that's a messier kind of way to live. But I mean, that's sort of the, the aim of it is like, I feel like this is where God has positioned us. And people have left our church in the past year too because of some of those things too. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's okay. I mean, you know, like mm -hmm. they, they want to be a part of a thing that more aligns with what they agree with, you know, but totally. So, I mean, I think people choose, unfortunately, this is a sad thing for me. As a pastor, the other thing too is I'm, you know, I'm insecure enough that when people leave and they tell me like, oh, we just, we just decided, you know, leave the church community. I'm not, I'm not like, oh my gosh, God bless you. That's so great. I mean, I say that out loud, but yeah. inside I'm like, I never liked you anyways. And you know, whenever, <laughs> yeah. and who invited you and your kids are terrible also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but, but I, you know, so I, I say, I speak all the right words of, you know, you know, I don't own the people. God owns the people. And yeah, but inside I'm like, mm -hmm. I kind of own them a little. They're kind of mine. So there's obviously my own insecurity about that stuff, mm -hmm. but None of this is going to be a surprise, but I think a lot of people are choosing choose a church that's more affirmation. Oh, this is going to sound so goofy now. Mm. More affirmation than transformation, you know? Like, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I choose. Does this affirm everything I already yeah. believe, or is this going to challenge me to be mm -hmm. wrestle with to wrestle with some stuff and to think about things? And this is a terrible way of answering your question, Tim. About ten thousand no, minutes. I, I, I'm not sure what I answered or what I even discussed. Yeah, hey, remember this is Jeff McGuire. <laughs> yes, ten thousand answers with Jeff McGuire. Oh, crud! That is so no, true. No, it's it's so good. I was just thinking, mm. what did you say? You said more affirmation than transformation. Yeah, like I want to have my own beliefs affirmed. Yeah. And if I want that, you can find that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's easy to find. And especially given that a lot of people have substituted, you know, they've kind of gone, whoever's running a podcast is my pastor now. So I can, that can, I can just find the one that sort of, mm -hmm. you know, isn't challenging yeah. me and, you know, and can kind of make that my thing. That's my new church community is wherever I mm. 
mm-hmm. wherever I kind of it, with the other pod podcast listener listeners becomes my thing. So, so if we get even more basic on what is church, church is just it's the assembly. Just mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a five hundred one c three. It can be anything. But what happens mm-hmm. is when people go forget the gathering, the right. thing like it's like I I don't need that anymore. It's like totally that's great. But who are you actually being the church with? But even thinking about this idea of more affirmation than transformation, the people that we hang with, right? Mm-hmm. There's a beauty in being with people that I don't fully agree with, and right. walking in those places and being sharpened and challenged by those people, yeah, and still being the church. This is not news. I mean, the the fact that we're basically being told on a pretty ongoing basis, a pretty steady diet of you should not be with people who don't agree with you. You know, those people should be, they should be shunned, pushed aside. They're a threat to you. Yeah. And it's not just like they're a different opinion. Now it's like that person is a threat. And to align with those people, even in some kind of conversation, is to put yourself, your family, it's an unwise thing. I mean, all of that stuff. And so, I, you know, we say in our church, let's let the only obstacle between people and Jesus be Jesus. So, like, whatever our role is, in, I don't want the church or its institutional kind of whatever it is or whatever else we've set up to be a block between a person and Jesus. If people meet Jesus and they're like, He's not for me. Well, I'm okay with that. Jesus was okay with that. Yeah. But I just don't want us to create any artificial barriers yeah. between them. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I love what the church is doing. And, that, and the church, like the physical, C, yeah. The, or or inst- I guess, like the gatherings. Like, yeah. I love that they're welcoming people, but how are they going into spaces that yeah. are not just their yeah. the safe minutes. place? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So sometimes I just think of like, what about the the people who are hurt by the church mm-hmm. but still want to be the big C? Mm-hmm. Like still want to participate in mm-hmm. being the church to people. Like what does that look like and what does it look like for redemption with the church? You know, it's interesting. You know, you're pointing to a pretty common, unfortunately, pain of people who are mm-hmm. really seeking to be good and faithful followers of Jesus. I mean, my father-in-law was a person who, mm-hmm. part of a big church, and he was a, you know, executive guy and he he was like well you know what i really feel like me and the guys that go and clean the bathrooms for this church we were kind of this volunteer maintenance crew and that was some of the best times in my life the closest i've ever felt to jesus so i mean there's some part of that that's beautiful i mean where he's like this church isn't just serving my needs when i show up on the weekend yeah there's a part of me feeling like i'm a part of this for people who may never know that i'm here that was sort of beautiful so when the church is living at its best the people on both ends of it the community the inside of the church community and people in the neighborhoods and the communities around it go there was something there. There was something about that. And I may not agree with everything, but there was something truly beautiful and magnetic. And I think, you know, so trying to get people to understand and think about their role as not just serving the fear-based community of insiders, but mm-hmm. to think about what is what does an energized group of people look like who love their neighbors, who might also be their enemies. To do things without the expectation of return, without like, I did this, so now you have to say yes to my event or what, you know, whatever else. Mm-hmm. It's just like God's given us these resources to serve the world and love the world forget who said it. It could have been Willard that said, what would your gatherings be like? What would the church be like without the spirit and movement of God? And I was like, uh-oh, gosh. I mean, we're just a great YMCA. I mean, for the most part, in so many of the contexts that I've been a part of, we could do all that, so sure. much of it without really Jesus or the spirit leading things and joining him in what he's doing. And that just stopped me a few years ago going, I I don't want to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And if the church are little Christs, you know, little representers of Jesus everywhere, gathered and then scattered, that's pretty powerful if it sure. if it actually happened like that. So I think I'm just trying to figure out, and we're trying to figure out what's yeah, it look like that. for us. And I guess you got to go back to if you're representing him, you are his church. Mm-hmm. What does that truly look like in the 10,000 minutes? Because mm-hmm. most people know us by our church name or affiliation. I think it's like 
I have a lot, a lot of thoughts over all of it, and I've been trying to think of how I can articulate it. Because I think what a lot of you're talking about is like what church can be at its best. Mm. And I love that. And I see that in my wife, who didn't grow up in church, but represents church way better than I do, who have been in it since the day I was born. Yeah. Right? And so when I look at her faith, I've had to unlearn so much to get to her like basic starting point Hmm. of like loving people like Jesus loved them. I grew up, my parents were bivocational ministers. My, it was like a family church, really dysfunctional. I watched Hmm. family members like be someone on stage and then be like horribly abusive, nasty people in real life. Yeah. That turned into Hmm. all kinds of craziness in like adolescence my grandpa went to prison for 20 years for sexually molesting kids and all mm. stuff. Who was a pastor of a church? Like when all the Catholic priests and stuff, mm. one day I wake up and his face is on the TV Gosh. screen Gosh. and, and oh, um, my brother put him there, which was really crazy. He's abusive to a lot of us grandkids and, and all of his kids. Uh, sorry, family, for throwing this on a podcast. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> you know it by now. Uh, <laughs> but then he was maybe the first of now seven pastors or like really influential ministry people that have had the same story. Mm. So I found myself being really close to people who have abused their roles in church Dang. in really incredible ways where I don't think everybody, I think my story's fairly unique in that. If you've been in church a long time, you've seen that in some regard, mm. yeah. maybe not sexual abuse. Or those type of things. but So I've seen the very worst of church, whether it's that type of abuse or just straight up power tripping mm-hmm. or we're making decisions based off of, you know, keeping our jobs and paying yeah. our bills yeah. more than loving people. And so I can see how the church and its establishment has honestly created a safe haven for abuse. I've seen it. I've lived it. Yeah. I've been a part of it. In, in in some ways mm. on both ends mm. really my whole professional life has been in the church world i think i have a just i have trouble getting through my own damage of the institution even though i know what the best of church could mm. be right. right and i think right now That's we fair. talk about how church is supposed to be countercultural a lot of times I look at culture and I say, gosh, you're more loving, mm-hmm. you're more mm-hmm. accepting, mm-hmm. You're, you're providing for people in ways that the church just hasn't. And this is a really blanket statement. There's yeah. some great churches. Sure. But historically, I think if you were to ask an unbeliever about Christians or, or church, they would say, oh, they're kind of judgy. And, a, a little. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, we might you know, have that And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily yeah. think it's for yeah. me. Because I can find my ecclesia in these other groups that are accepting me, that are loving me. And that almost feels like we're still countercultural, but we're kind of being jerks In the worst way. Yeah, Yeah, in the worst way. Anti-culture as opposed to counterculture. And so so I see it through all of those lenses to the point where even in my own ministry, I've stepped back and said, gosh, how can I manage this? How can I do this? This podcast has been really good to even express some of this stuff because I can't talk about like even some of the stuff I just said about my family on a stage right? because it's so deep and it's so hurtful. There's so much stuff in it. It's not necessarily the church's fault, but there's just, it's so layered, you know, but this is giving me a place to like speak some truth into it and, and show it. And so I've thought like, do I just give up on it? 
Do I just walk away? And, you know, at 16, when all this stuff happened for me, I was able to say, God, I realize that this is people and you and I are good. And and that's really probably what's kept me having faith into, you know, 20 years later. Right. Um, yeah. That I was able to separate all that kind of stuff. And so now I've kind of got to the same point. It's like, God, do I give up on it? Right. And I read something the other day, even really recently, and said, no culture can be changed from outside of it. It's like the only change that's ever happened within a culture right. has happened from, from within. And it was really kind of a shot in the arm for me. Uh, no vax pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just, to, uh, just to say, okay, like, it's so cliche, but like be the change that you want to see. Like if you don't think the church is loving yeah. people well enough, then go f- go love people. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. and meet people where they are and accept people and, you know. And so I think I go like way deep in these kind of theology things and deconstruct and reconstruct and rearrange and rethink. Mm-hmm. And it really all brings me down to like who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. What did he do? What did he say? How did he treat people? All this other stuff can fade away. Sure. And uh, for me, um, it comes back to, I think, what you're talking about, what the church can be at its best, which is a group of people in their community, loving, serving, putting other people ahead of themselves, um, being selfless in what they do. And I think something that this podcast is teaching me, being awake. Well, my guess is there's probably a ton of listeners who would connect with your story, who Maybe. are like, yeah. who are hanging on. I think God's good, but man, there's been some, not just like discomfort, but real soul-wrenching, mm-hmm. life-altering kind of hurt yep. that if all they listened to was your story about, I'm still believing God's good despite some things, this will be a moment for some of those folks that go, I feel like God spoke to me when Chris was talking about that. That was me, my story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm heartbroken for you and for your family mm-hmm. and that, the institution, in a sense, ate the people who are supposed to lead it. Yeah, and supposed it to be cared for so by much, it. It man. does, yeah. and it is. It is such a tragic thing. I, you know, I I remember it was a South African woman. I think who wrote either a song or a, I forget now. Maybe she, it was a poem, <laughs> but she was the one who. That <laughs> really wasn't yeah. a joke. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she Drama wrote. Prop. You know what? That's where we should have brought this to. <laughs> she has the line that was, "What if we're the ones we're waiting for?" Yeah, and I thought, you know, like yeah, that's right. That's like okay, we're waiting for someone to do something here. What if we're the ones we're waiting for, you know? Yeah. It's such an unbelievable posture to have based on what you're describing in your own experience of like, okay, so wait, what if I'm the one I'm supposed to go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the church should do these things. Well, it's like, to your point, Tim, we're the, <laughs> yeah. that's us. That's us. Not yeah. the institution we're waiting for to institute a program that my kids mm-hmm. can all sign up for and get a t-shirt. Yeah. That'd be great if they did that. But really, we need to be looking at neighbors and going, what if we did this? I was just thinking about, there's a guy, every church has these kind of stories. And what do you, uh, in defined church, I, I want to, like in every keep, in every sense of the term, I yep. mean, in every broadest possible sense, yep. in the individual incarnation of people and the communities of people that gather yep. in a home, yep. to the people in their neighborhoods, to the institution itself, mm-hmm. to all of that stuff, to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit among people, the temple where God resides, yeah. everything. Yes. And the reason why I say that is I think, and every church has a, I, I can't say every church, I hope every church has at least one or two, but I'm imagining that they do. Like, you know, a guy in our church, I'm talking to him pre-pandemic. He comes to me in tears and he's like, I, you know, I found out I got cancer. I could see his wife walk away from me and she's been holding all of her pain in as he's mm-hmm. got this cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and she starts to cry in the background and I pray with him and I'm hugging him 
and they're ready to leave. And I walk up to the, the wife and I gave her, you know, a hug and she's, she just can't hold it together. I mean, she mm-hmm. starts crying. Then I find out months later, I didn't even really know about this. There's an institutional component and the outpouring of yeah. the organic yeah. piece where yeah. the, the guys in his Bible study were driving him from Orange County to downtown LA to get his treatment once a week these guys were like you know we're taking you with us we're going to go do this and yeah. so they're driving through you know la traffic is notorious and they were doing this once a week with this guy so we could go get his treatment mm-hmm. and give his wife a rest mm-hmm. and you know i mean just this past week he was or it was two weeks ago he just came to me and was like i just got to tell you that men's group saved me and i just went back for my whatever test and it's undetectable Mm. And so these guys are praying for me and bearing the load of this for me, right. you know, over yeah. the course of this time. Mm. One other guy came to me after church and just said he lost his wife a year and a half ago. And he just goes, and I, of course, as a pastor, I get way too much credit for stuff. I have no, I did not have right. anything to right. do with, you know? Mm. So, and he's tears in his eyes, just goes, thank you so much for getting me through the most difficult years of my life. You know, me and my son, mm. I just can't thank you. No, again, He's thanking me because he doesn't know who to thank. The church has been, yeah. in all of its forms, has been a place for him. And there's just, you know, there's stories of, I think I told you guys, there's a story of this one family in our church whose uh, who daughter is, she's limited to a wheelchair, is I think a sixth or seventh grader, and was just trying to find a way to, you know, be connected in a junior high group. You know, how, do we, how does she do this? And the way that that youth ministry, the institution of this youth ministry, yeah, yeah. and its organic outflow was to embrace this girl and she, you know, the mom wrote us the kindest email about, you know, and the, the church had, you know, figured out ways to work out some ways to get her, you know, because we had to find new ways to get her into some of these buildings and stuff. Yeah. It was like, we figured it out. And she wrote the most heartfelt email thanking the, our junior high staff and our, you know, which really is just, you know, it's our junior high pastor. Who, she's amazing. And, you know, some of the people that, some of her, you know, staff and volunteers and then some of the student leadership for just embracing her daughter in a way that nobody else had. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, when you get back to the idea of countercultural, there's those elements that aren't the here's our banner of why we're a cult- why mm-hmm. countercultural. It's the subtlety yeah. and the personal and the way of being that I'm like, I can take zero credit for those things. It's just the church when there's this assembled body of people who ends up going, well, you know what? That burden's our burden. We're going to share that. You know, that's, uh-huh. that's what we're supposed to do, right? So we're just going to take that on. And it's not because I did a teaching, you know, here's the six happy steps to bearing each other's burdens. It was yeah. like, they just saw this and thought, this is, this is us. You know, they, that age old question of if the church was vaporized, the gathering was vaporized, would, who would care? Yeah. Who would miss it? And yeah. if it's just the people who made the coffee and listened to the music, then we're a totally ineffective community. But yeah. if like the local schools and the single moms who are raising a bunch of kids and you know are on their own and the homeless in the community or whatever else, if those people are like, wow, I really needed that community of people, mm-hmm. even though I never intended to be a part of it. That's a question I always wrestle with for our church yeah. community. And when the church gets to do that, even in small ways, as a collective group of people, they really do feel it. And they do get the sense, it's like, you know, just like generosity begets more generosity. When people get to be these kinds of things for the community, they actually want more of it. They want to, they mm-hmm. want to be a part of more of it because it feels meaningful. And the community wants more of it. And the church isn't, it be, moves from being a club for itself to right. an extension of Jesus Mm-hmm. to a world that may never reciprocate. They may never give a dollar or they may never show up except when they have a need. And again, I just want to make sure I'm clear. This is not something we're like crushing it at. Like we just nailed this. You know, you guys want to, mm-hmm. please come and see us do this. Just please understand. But in the tiny glimpses and the moments where we do that, everybody looks at each other and goes, 
there was something to that. That was yeah. cool. We, you know, we got to be a part of doing something bigger than ourselves that was really about Jesus in a way that, you know, feels true and rich. For me, like church, the thing that's kept me in it, especially as an adult with kids and stuff, because yeah. I battle with a lot of this stuff. Like, what am I going to actually teach my kids? And then I wind <laughs> up diving like into this real theological. They're asking me about Noah and I'm like, well, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh-huh. and I'm just like, okay, my four year old yeah. just needs to know that there were some animals on a boat and a flood and whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I don't need to get into the type of literature this is, uh, but I, I like can't not because it's yeah. what I was given. But this this idea of like the incarnation of Christ, God becoming the things He loves, like being mm. in these other, in these people, this community. That's really what's kept me in it, mm. and uh, like this, like friendships with with people like you guys, um, knowing that my kids are gonna like. I don't need another Jesus sermon. I need people to love me and my family, mm-hmm. and it's more than social work, right? Because uh, we can we can, you know, ha- yeah. handouts and do all this kind totally. of stuff. It's deeper than that. We're doing we're still doing that kind of work, but but there's there's a connection because I think of that incarnation of Christ in us, and when we can look around and we can see Christ in all of the people. Mm-hmm. And in their actions, we talk about blessing and, and the reciprocal nature of that. And it's like, oh, we're going to find a way to get this girl into, into uh, you know, the youth services and connect her. Oh, we got this guy on his treatment. It's like there's these really tangible ways where Christ works through us and uh, where we're blessing and being blessed. And I think when we look at it, that's where the community of believers and like this notion of communal faith and salvation and all of these things like that's where i'm like yeah it wasn't meant just for me mm-hmm. to hoard and now like my personal jesus got me through at 16 um but i don't think that's like i'm not going to get that through listening to the podcast or through my yep, instagram yep. feed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i'm only going to get that when i'm around people and seeing Christ in them and them in me, mm-hmm. calling it out, blessing mm-hmm. each other, living in community, disagreeing, right. yes. and you know, and being okay sitting in those in those spaces. And so, and at thirty six, living a life in church, I'm just figuring mm-hmm. it out. As I think about the different people who are listening to this sure. podcast, you've got people with great church hurt, mm-hmm. and then you've got some people who are like, no, I've actually loved my community. It mm-hmm. hasn't jacked me up that much, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of how to encourage each of those, which I, I brought you on, Jeff, because you are a guy that could actually do and lead a group of people because you actually are so intentional about everything that you do that when you're talking about what the church could be, it actually could be like you actually might be able to join Jesus and do it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't say that about a ton of places. <laughs> um, so that it's, we get to hear that mm-hmm. from you and it's actually a true thing from you because you're so intentional about everything that you do. So I, I love that there are people on here that are going, man, I don't want to be a part of institution ever again. Right. Mm-hmm. And just to hear hope that it could be done beautifully. Mm-hmm. Well, to that point, I think the institution has been the veil for a ton of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think there are times where I thought, if I'm ever leading a church community, we're getting rid of, we're getting rid of all the institutional. We're just going to yeah. get everything institutional. And 
But I'm like, thankfully, I'm never going to lead one, so it doesn't matter, so I can say these things. <laughs> yeah. And, God said bit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I remember being in, in church conversations in my 20s, and it was, sounded like I was listening to some of these guys who were ranting about the church and with reasonable hurt, I mean, for sure. And I was like, pretty soon it sounded like they wanted us to not have, the, the logical end was, we really shouldn't have a building at all. We should be meeting on a grass hill only and we sh- and if we do have a building we should be sitting on the floor with no carpet in there AC- we should turn off the ac and we should use you know really if you know it's like all of a sudden it was like what level of acceptable institutionalism yeah. are we going to give ourselves mm-hmm. because there's obviously a line that we don't want to cross which kind of borders on extravagance from a right. production right but what's the <laughs> how how far how down the road go, yeah right. we, we just sit in a dirt pile and say this yeah. is us and is that really is that really the holiest thing or now we just kind of being self-righteous about yeah. our anti-institutionalism which self-righteousness is its own institution i mean it's like <laughs> right i'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna, yeah you know so i told you guys the coffee would hit me right about yeah now. yeah See that's that? good yeah i was thinking about the yeah. institution is a container for the organic movement of god and i was thinking about even the well idea that institutions almost in a beautiful way it's like well here's a well right and they're kind of building up ways for yeah, the well water some way, to there's actually... There's a bucket that goes down a rope or whatever. Yeah, there's something they, like, who needs more? You know, we'd lower the bucket for you. You know, there's So a, if the point remains the yeah. water and not the buckets... Right, or the, the sort of structure. stone shape around yes. it. Like, isn't this great? Look at the stone shape we built around this. Yeah. There's water down there, but that doesn't matter. Look at this. We also, <laughs> yeah. put, a, we also put some so seating beautiful. out here and some lighting. We and have yeah, a yeah. portico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sponsors yeah. Sponsors we have a place for your kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's well said. I think that's exactly right. As long as the, the institution is serving the beautiful the beautiful story. One of the things I told our, our staff is I was like, you guys figure out ways to tell a beautiful story that tells the beautiful story and live that part of it. You know, yeah. like how do we help our people for this year rediscover a beautiful story? Whether it's, you know, a guy getting a ride to his you know cancer treatment or a girl being welcomed into a junior high ministry. There's a beautiful story there that points to the beautiful story about the incarnation of Jesus in mm-hmm. and through us. Mm-hmm. And the more we get around that idea, and it, I actually think that's a pretty magnetic experience. People are like, oh my gosh, this is truly fun. You know, That's why people are going to come. If you do that in the 10,000 minutes, that's I think that's the work of Jesus and Christ through us. Yeah, it's the whole point of this thing is that we do this stuff. The problem is, is when church stops doing stuff with Jesus and doing it for him like the institution or me even just as the church yeah. walking. I mean, I, I just, every time I do it Jesus. for him, yeah. it just becomes the thing. Yeah. Doing it with him. That's the actual incarnation is I am a mini Jesus representing his heart. Yeah. That's but, well said. You know, it's, it's what I've said many times. I don't want my kids thinking that they go to church. I really don't. I, mm-hmm. I just think it's actually ruining my kids if they feel like they go to church. But if they are the church, then gather. It's just so, uh, it's such a semantic cluster. But so literally this conversation went on for another like hour. But this last part is a perfect wrap up for this part of our conversation. Check it out. A significant piece of our identity isn't just facilitating this weekend experience. Right. You know, we talk about the whole gospel, John Stott's version of the whole gospel for the whole world, you know. Not just let's get people to say a prayer to go to heaven when they die. Right. You know, and it's like not if we die tomorrow. What if we live tomorrow? What if we live another 40 years? What does it look like to live that out in the here and now for the sake of the world and the community and beyond? Not what if we die tomorrow, but what if you and I live tomorrow? What's that look like to live with Jesus? That our end goal isn't just to have people say a prayer. It's to live a life, to use your word, so clearly with Jesus, as much as they know how, and to struggle with that and to wrestle with that and to feel like, I don't know if I'm doing this with them. or I want that wrestling, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal. And, and again, 
Please, so please, good. please hear me. It is. We shoot an air ball. No, probably, they, they, you know, they four to five he, times. Jeff says all the time, we do this perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we've got a few people about to walk in um, that are. I love that you both. You guys look like, what? Again. <laughs> I, looked at the door and I'm like, Who I did. Is I was here? like, who's here? There are some people who are really angry with Jeff's ministry. Um, trust and, me, I can I could I could show you some emails. They're yeah, not happy. Some comment cards. <laughs> yeah, trust uh, me. Tim Timmons at gmail. G M A I L dot com. You can email Jeff McGuire at Tim Timmons at gmail. Um, thank you, Jeff. Oh, you guys, so honored! I, I like I said, I, I finished my coffee in the first ten minutes, and about twenty five minutes in, it was like, <laughs> "Here rolling, I go." Yeah, I liked I'm it. sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Well, yeah. we're about to make fun of you, so that's get fair. Okay, everybody. Jeff, welcome back. Hey, thank you for that extended break. Was, uh, I feel refreshed. And uh, yeah, thank you. That sandwich uh, was incredible too, by the way. Thank you. It was delicious. Yeah, we did have Patrick early on. I was just we, we call it a snack break yeah, or something like that. We only did it once, but then he yeah, was we was like, like we got a snack, snack break, and he was super pissed. He just kept going. <laughs> Just so we all know, you guys, I did not get a snack break. I mean, he was really trying to make... So, yeah, we went back to the board, and we're like, we can't do snack breaks. We don't <laughs> yeah. have the budget. We can't do snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, it's, that was about 40 but seconds. But if you'd of... like to donate to 10,000 Minutes... <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can yeah, provide please. snacks for our That's guests. harborpoint.church. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of it. Sure. No, I'll give you my real email for that. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, 10,000 Thoughts with Jeff McGuire. Oh, gosh. A.K.A. And Steve Johnson. This is yeah. rapid fire. What, what I don't know what I'm walking into. This you sure don't. This of minutes mm-hmm. here. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to say a few words and things, and you just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. You nervous? Yeah. That's the first word. Sweet. Nervous. Uh, um, ner- um, anxious. Sweaty. <laughs> okay, okay, loud chewing. I'm plotting your death. <laughs> I yeah, my don't even need to elaborate. That's oh, perfect as my is. son, one of my and and I and I'm and this is a total log and spec, total hypocrisy. I'm right. sure I'm a loud chewer, but one of my sons, I'm like, I dare you to open your mouth again, <laughs> chew that next to me. <laughs> I'm secretly plotting your death as we speak. And there you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what will you never do? Um. I will never. Once again, this is a speed round. But yeah, the first one was easy. Uh, what will I never do? I probably will never plot my. I'll probably never actually kill my son for chewing out loud. I, I, I'm going to say with a high degree of confidence, yeah, I won't yeah. kill him. Yeah. I'll just think about it. Listeners yeah, yeah. were yeah. at the edge of their seats. So yeah, I'm exactly. so happy you cleared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Next question. Radical. Here's a word that I just feel like only a small portion of people would even know what this word is, and that word is. Spelled S-C-H-R-A-L-P. That word is shraup. Shraup, as in shraup vanar. Yes, that's the California, everybody. Yeah, it's a dead word that I say mainly to embarrass my kids because it's almost meaningless unless you're in a small span of people, roughly our age, who grew up around the beach surfing. Yeah, shraup. Dude, shraup, you know. So, yeah. so you hear radical. It's like a cowabunga. That? What is this? Gosh. Like hang tin? <laughs> Tubular? We're gonna go like Ninja Turtles? Righteous? Yeah, I don't Shroud. I think it's it's so it's so niche, I don't even think yeah. Ninja Turtles knew about that word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, you can imagine it the sound uh, a board would make snapping on a wave, like yeah. Shroud. Shroud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I can hear it. Yeah, you with me? Okay. I'm with you. Yeah, not you really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. There are a few people that are smiling right just, now. Everybody just else is going to idiot. Because you made the no. word up no, while no, you no. were surfing it. That someone. is not. Did someone whisper shroud? No. <laughs> well, that got in there. Yeah. Pop rocks. Pop rocks. Coca Cola. Sounds like shroud too in your mouth. 
<laughs> yeah. Shrouped. You guys I have know. to figure out how to use that <laughs> some way. Dude, you shroud. Yeah. Who's uh, shrouped in here? Yeah. <laughs> Light a candle. Who's shrouped in here? That's funny. Okay, describe yourself in three words. Out loud. <laughs> you guys didn't catch that? I was trying to do that with this isn't radio telepathy kind of thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. do that. We, we don't, don't do that here. No, no, no. We don't have that to know too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they want to know. Um I am I am Jeff. <laughs> I am Jeff, right? <laughs> I don't mean to blow anybody away with that kind of answer. <laughs> yes. Is that acceptable? Can I leave? Can I, can I, I mean, leave? Uh, what's the thing you're most afraid of? Um, seeming incompetent. Ooh. Hmm. I love everybody I I gets one deep one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't mind being incompetent. I just don't want to seem that way. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I want people to be like, yeah. I, I think he kind of knew what he was saying. He had a little mm. bit of coffee or something, but seeming incompetent. What about something just in the world, like uh, spiders or... I am disproportionately afraid of scorpions. Mm. Really? Have you ever yeah. seen one? So like I heard a story, we took kids to, we took a bunch of students to go when I was a high school pastor to go to Mexico to do a bunch of stuff, like work there, building houses and stuff, which I don't even know if that was the greatest work we could have been doing. Right. That's another conversation. Can I mean, we, we did that, Jeff and I did that as kids. True. Right. And, and that's you're right. welcome, that's, Mexico. You know, yeah. there you go. Lord. But, but yeah, exactly. But they I don't did. trust you to mow my lawn, but go build these people a house. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids should play Thanks on the roof a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much that. But <laughs> someone had, should play on the <laughs> someone said... Someone say, hey, you know, when you leave, you know, when you get up in the morning, you want to make sure you like dump your shoes out because there could be like a scorpion will crawl in there, and then when you put your feet in the morning, you know, that's evil oh. Satan claw thing. So I was like, every morning, I my shoes are off, and I'm like shaking them and looking in there, and like, I know it's gonna land on my eye, and I'm yeah. just, you know, sc- I'm stepping on the toes of the shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scorpions, scorpions, that's it. and incompetence. Wow. Okay. My own incompetence. <laughs> They're one and the same. Yeah, my my incompetence has a name. And yeah. It is scorpion. Yeah, mm. yeah. There you go. Uh, nickname. Speaking of Shroud, Shroud one. Uh, nickname Stephen Johnson. <laughs> Steve Johnson. <laughs> uh, to all the Steve Johnsons other, which are, there are a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say I adopt you as my tribe. I don't uh, know if that's possible. Yes. Um, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I got called lanky. Because I was super buff, like you know, it was like a real, yeah, I was all built out, kind of stud. That's why they called me lanky, I think. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, but get that, some height on you. Yeah, what are you like, six three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and so was a, I was and I was a late bloomer. So I never, I was, I was always tallish, uh-huh. but skinny, dude. And so I got lanky, which my coaches who were at the time they were college guys, they that just somehow morphed into lankamosaurus. Mm. <laughs> which then got reduced back down to just Lankama. Oh, okay. And that would be yelled at on the field. Hey, Lanky, Lankama, get in there. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I'll get some Lanky, you know, like whatever. Buddy. Got the Phoebe <laughs> run. Thanks for sharing that. So all of us have had, the institution has been hurtful <laughs> yes. for a lot of us. No, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so you were Lanky and I was called Fatty at about the same time. You know what? Mm. It's no. like our own Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Or, you know, we were buddies and. <laughs> it was like meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a song. Good morning, Lord. <laughs> okay, pet peeve. Other than people, the sound of people chewing. Yes. Uh-huh. I do not like when people misuse the word disinterested. Mm. How can you misuse it? Because people use it as the, you use it synonymously with uninterested, and uh-huh. it's not what that means. It means unbiased. And I'm always like, oh, that's not how you're supposed to use that word, which is the most arrogant, yeah. self conceited. So disinterested means to be unbiased. unbiased. Yeah, I'm a disinterested party. Not uh, not uninterested. I get yeah, I, get it. I don't know why that bothers me so much. No, it's great, and I feel almost more embarrassed now. The new thing I'm afraid of is being embarrassed about saying that stupid thing <laughs> because that'll be make you 
Well, it's masking my own incompetence. Yeah. Like, see, see, I know things about words. <laughs> it's like, it's lame. So Why am I here? Who are you guys here? <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hey, Steve. Got more uh, de- got mo- decaf? <laughs> most embarrassing moment. <laughs> most embarrassing moment? I remember, well, I don't know if this is my most embarrassing one. It's one, of, it's, it's one that is cemented in my brain. My buddy and I, whom you know, when we were freshmen in high school, I went to this Catholic high school, uniforms every day, and we had decided as freshmen, when it became time for Halloween, we were going to dress up. And they were letting us dress up. And there, there was like, there's no whole, it was like, you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. And so we were like, we, you know, we're going to own this school. We're 14 years old. It's pretty much time to just dominate. Yeah, you sound like Chris. So we decided, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, exactly. this was a perfect example of when overstated confidence yeah, has disastrous like, consequences. Which happens most times. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, that is, that is like the oldest story <laughs> ever. I mean, yeah. you're like, oh, someone yeah. thought they were so awesome. And then, so my buddy and I, we decided to go as our own sort of made up superheroes. Turns mm. out we got one of our superhero names from, we didn't know this at the time, from Elton John, which was also has its own complications. So it was Captain Fantastic, which was me, <laughs> yes. and yes. Captain Fantastic, uh, and then his sidekick Bob, and these were made up superheroes, obviously. Bob. And my buddy, Bob. my buddy. Wow, is this really a friendship? <laughs> yeah, and my buddy, yeah, and he had my buddy was this goofier guy, and he was awesome. And he was so funny, and he like I had this big long flowy cape, and his was about the size of a like just a dinner towel, you know. Yeah. Again, I add Bob, if you're out there, you okay? Yeah, his name's Jason. He he's oh, he, he's Jason. an elder, I think, at his his own church. I mean, so yeah. he's like part of the leadership of his own church community, and that was just so great. So we both wore these shirts that were too small. So I'm lanky. He's he's like he was buff, and so he was like filling his out. But I was like, you know, there's plenty of room in the sleeves. Let's just say. And then we were, and we decided the all of us were like, we're you know what superheroes they wear tights with their underwear on the outside. <laughs> That's what they do. And so we went to then it was a chain. I don't even think they had it. It was called Mervins and Mervins. Oh yeah, remember Mervins? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mervins. All right, my brother. So we go to Mervins and we don't know how to buy tights. We just go to where the pantyhose section are. Uh. So we buy black pantyhose to wear our underwear over, and then we we you know we're wearing we so we show up, and we're like this is we're like this yeah. is so uh, the the whole suit you know these small shirts cape the underwear on the outside whatever we go to show at the you know at the school. And my buddy Jason's mom is driving us there. And we're the moment, like, right about, the, the drive was far to our school. It's probably 25 minutes or so. So 20 minutes in, we're like, this is going to be legendary. This is going to be, they're going to be talking about this. Trout. Yeah. T- totally. Not the correct use of the term, but yes. Dang it. I like the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, we, as soon as we pull in the parking lot, I re, it just hits me like a wave. Nobody here thinks we're cool. <laughs> oh, man. And we, are the, we only knew each other at the school. And the school was small enough that where there was... Um, You're going to commingle grades. Oh, dude. It was, it was so bad. <laughs> we, had, we had to then figure out... Uh, there are two different lunch periods. We did not have the same lunch. Oh. So we're by ourselves. And it only works as a <laughs> duo if it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, which yeah. there's a redemption of the story in a minute. But we, we, I get out of the car and I realize I'm going to be walking around the campus as lanky <laughs> as I'll get out with my underwear hanging out there. In the, and yeah. I'm like, this is a terrible i mean the the wave of pain and sorrow and the Ugh. looking we got from people right away was not it was not admiration it was like you guys rock it was like this is the dumbest thing anybody's ever done and we're witnessing this and it was it was just i mean all day the things i that i got called i cannot say on this podcast yeah. by people 
uh, in the like, I remember looking over at a guy who was like a junior, and I was like, "Hey, man!" And he just he launched into me like about how don't ever talk to me and lots of other words. That <laughs> you yeah. can just imagine. And I was like, this was the world's worst decision ever made. And so it was really, it wasn't the most embarrassing moment. It was the most embarrassing, like, yeah, sequence of events <laughs> that yeah. just kind of prolonged. I mean, I, my, my life was shortened in that moment. And then, of course, as seniors, we were like, we're, like, we're bringing this back. Oh, yeah. Because then we were seniors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, deal with us. We're so cool. Look at us. We're hilarious. But it, yeah, so. What was the redemption? You said there was well, that redemption. That was redemption. We, and it, we did kind of, it, it was awesome then. As a senior, we were like, this is rad. You know? I mean, forget, yeah. I don't want to compare pain but you were walking around as captain fantastic yeah. by yourself your friend was walking around as bob <laughs> by himself. With no context, the only redemption that is yeah. jacked he's yeah. like all right yeah purpose. yeah 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 sitting in geometry like and had like tight fitting clothes yeah not just tight fitting clothes women's like, pantyhose, pantyhose. Yeah. it's pantyhose yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, like i feel like bob's the victim man yeah. i mean uh, he might be but he could pull it off better than i could i definitely needed a cohort i, de- I needed like a you know Mm. A guy with a sidekick. Yeah, there was no way I could pull this off on my own. Well, Captain Fantastic, we just want to say thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) And the world is probably a better place (laughs) because of that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob, well, sucks to be you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's working through some pain. Okay. Well, it was a wonderful break. And we're, again, we're back. Snack break. No snacks. No snacks. And because Jeff McGuire lives in the Californias, by the way, everybody calls it Cali here. Do yeah, they? you can tell someone's from not from California when they call it Cali. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, yeah. when you say, oh, you're from Cali. It's like, it's like Nash Vegas. Lord. It's funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's same that same, thing. oh, you live in Nash Vegas? Yeah, you're not from here. Yeah. But well, if you Cali. visit, don't say it. It's so nice to be in Cali. Just if you want to try to blend in a bit. Yeah, just say California, California or California. say yeah. the town. What do you mean? The, What's like, the difference the between like, Cali and the OC? Because I feel like the OC is just as bad as Cali. Yeah, I don't know that we refer to it as the OC... I don't think I do that as a joke. Okay. Yeah, I think I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, because our you're, friendship kind of was hinging on it a little, but it's fine now. Now that I know. Yeah, I mean, I've always looked down at you every yeah. time you said that to me. Well, I think you gave me a shorter chair. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I did. Give me the one that squeaks. Yeah. Literally That's looking. Why he bought the album. Okay. Well, speaking of albums and keeping up, mm-hmm. that person walking out. Gosh, I got you guys again. I'm. Literally running. Okay, just so everybody knows, here's this is steam. this is a new thing. It just keeps happening, and it I makes just, my I heart. Just said a really bad word. On the mic. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to cut that. Out. It was low, okay. but somebody so, might catch it. Low but detectable. But God knew. God knew. <laughs> he heard it. I do. I just. I'm always doing stupid bits, and one of them is I just pretend like there's somebody coming in the room, like that's gonna you know, coming in for the carefrontation or. <laughs> That oh well we're gonna bring your you know Jennifer in because you've really hurt her feelings or you know making fun of Jeff or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, the point is is I always point at the door and these two nerds always look and I would too. It just has now become a funny bit. Anywho, well we've got Chris Cleveland. Hey guys, we've got Amoy Donice. That's me. We've got the Jeff McGuire, Stephen Johnson. <laughs> hey everybody, Captain Fantastic. We've got our first question for you. <laughs> no, so th- uh, so this next week, so we're in just our little series is on rethinking words. So we want we've been rethinking the word blessed, mm-hmm. and now we're rethinking the word church. This week, it's rethinking the idea of being the church online which in this past season has been a whole different ballgame. So mm-hmm. it's being representers of Jesus to this world, little Jesuses, if you will, mm-hmm. online. What's that look like to represent Jesus online, to be the church 
his extension. So we're not talking about like, oh, my church had to live stream this week. I mean, we're we, talking we could, about like, I, I how know. can we be Christ uh, yeah. representers in our online presence? Our last season has been crazy, yes. right? Mm. With two S's. And <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, just Seasons. all the things that have happened in this past <laughs> that got me so I don't, I don't David know. Johnson, oh, thank Taylor, you. whatever your names are. That was so good. Uh-huh, yeah. okay. In this past bit of time. Okay, okay. So here's the bit for this, everybody. So, so somebody recently said that is they're not a Jesus follower at all, but they're married to a Jesus follower. Okay. And they're having a great conversation with Susie Lind okay. on the Journey Now podcast. Yeah. And she was asking him questions about like, so what do you see, you know, with all these Christian people, these Jesus people? Like, what do you see? And he's like, well, Christians we use the word season all the time. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and so ever since then, I'm like, crap. I got. I, I, I don't want to say it to you. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, word. I'm the I'm the king of it. So I'm trying to say in this past, and I almost said season, and then Jeff said season, which. Yeah, then made a moy laugh. Well, you added an S to but. You said okay. there are two S's, mm-hmm. and yes. I said uh, seasons. So you added oh, season, and it yeah. was just genius. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> so in this past little bit of time, classified amount of time, it's just been a, it's been a wild season. We've lost friends in this past uh, journey season. Shoot, we've, it's impossible. Just go with it. Yeah, just yeah, live it's it. Just fine. Embrace it. It's we, a thing. We, we've lost friends in this past bit of time because we either said something online or somebody else keeps saying. I hate these people. I would never want to be these people. And it's like, uh oh. Well, you just ate with one, I mm-hmm. guess. Apparently, I'm now your enemy. Yeah. Um. So it's it's just been such a crazy, wild journey through the internet. Yeah. And try to figure out how do we actually represent Jesus and walk with Jesus in our online presence yeah. and be mm-hmm. the church. How do we actually help people? So yeah. if serving people is not just tangibly like yeah. going and taking somebody to the doctor. But I think we have, there's a new world where we actually get to be the church Mm -hmm. online. Uh, I'll just ask Mm. this. How is the church showing up online? So that, that's the practice for this week. I mean, who knows what that looks like for all of us, (laughs) but I think there's, I should get, I should sign up for Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Should get a Facebook account. Is that what I should do? No. Just start trolling people. I think is the first step. Yeah. 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 Okay. Is that a real troll? Is that some sort of. Yeah. They're like the little dolls. When you speak about those creatures that live underneath the bridges. (laughs) With the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. Justin Timberlake did some stuff. A a movie of the trolls. Yes. Yes. Troll memes. Yeah. Okay. My wife used to call it Mimi's. Let's end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On a high note, like Okay, guys. Well, <laughs> do good. Do good. Thank you, Jeff, one more time. Hey, you guys. Well, you, sorry. <laughs> well, we are disinterested in you yeah, well, and your attitude. <laughs> no, no, no. Troll on, you Shrub guys. It up. <laughs> good morning, Lord. No. Yes. Full circle, baby.